Last week on Late Lunch, we were talking about the amount of money that people spend on takeaways in Ireland, over 2.2 billion every year. And we started chatting about it, and we got a great reaction from listeners who told us what their favourite takeaway was. We also spoke to some takeaway owners, and in the course of the conversation, we got a message in to say, did you ever hear of a boards mill? A boards mill. I said I heard of the village boards mill, but never a boards mill in the context of a takeaway. Well, it seems a boards mill is something that's on the menu in takeaways in County Mead. We believe it began in Trim, in the castle takeaway in Trim. But Caroline Burke from Beliver was in touch to tell us what a boards mill was. And she says, come over to Beliver, Jerry, and I'll treat you to one. Here I am this afternoon and I'm outside Franco's Takeaway and there are some people waiting for me in here, including the wonderful Caroline Burke. Hello, Caroline. Hello, Jerry. How are you? Welcome to Beliver. Well, I said I'd come to Beliver today and here I am in Beliver, as promised, with you to taste this thing called a board's mill. And Caroline, look, look, look at the menu in Franco's here. It's on the menu. It is on the menu and it's very, very tasty. I'd recommend it to you and it's very reasonably priced. It is indeed. I see that on the menu. But look, for our listeners again today, tell them what a board's mill is. Well, a board's mill is a battered sausage, kind of split in two, with loads of onions and loads of red sauce. And it's just delish. Absolutely delish. And I asked you, do you put it into a bun or a, a, a bread roll or anything like that? No. The two hands and you just... I keep licking two hands on that. Now, here's the thing. You said to me you'd do a little bit of research and you said, I'll find out... Who or where or when this board's mill came about? That's who invented it or who gave the name to it or yeah, whatever? Yeah. So what have you found out? Well, I knew it didn't start in Beliver, so I knew there was some connection with board's mill. So I had to try and get somebody that I knew in board's mill that would know something about it. So I did. I got a lovely gentleman last night who helped me out, and he put me in touch with this lady here. Sandra Goggins was her name. She's Sandra Dixon. And uh, she agreed to come over here today and tell you the whole story of the board's mill. Sandra Dixon, you are being credited as the woman that came up with this <laughs> recipe. Well, I didn't just—I didn't come up with it on my own. Now, I was working in the Castle Takeaway in, pa- in Trim with Pascal, and every day around lunchtime, we used to have one particular customer come in for his lunch, and he would say, "Give me something new. Let me try something." We were always trying different things. And we gave him this battered sausage with red sauce and onions. And he kept saying, can I have one of them things, one of them things? So we said, listen, we'll have to put a name on this. And Pascal goes, it's definitely a board's mill. You're from board's mill, he's from board's mill, so it has to be board's mill. <laughs> and that's how it all began. That's how it all began. <laughs> so go through the original recipe again, because actually, you've just gone in behind the counter yeah, here Yeah, no, and Pascal in Trim will kill me. <laughs> <laughs> You've given Franco a hand here to make a board mill. So take us through it. What is it? Okay, so it's a battered sausage in batter, battered, and then left to cool down. And then before you cook them, we split them down the middle, deep fry them. Then when they're cooked and crispy, you put in the red sauce and sprinkle on onions on top. And that's it? And that's it. Is it popular? Very. Very, very popular. It's unbelievable how it just took off. So it began with Pascal, Tuesday, yourself and this gentleman. Yes, that's it. And now it's made in takeaways everywhere, everywhere. And people would say to me, Board's Mill, and they'd say they never even knew there was a place called Board's Mill. They just thought this was a name for a batter sausage. Now, I knew we put Board's Mill on the map, but I never thought we were for a batter sausage. 
<laughs> so now Boards Mill is best known for a battered sausage. For a battered sausage. Well, and I still have a man that I see, I haven't worked in the takeaway for a few years. I'd had some out. And I still meet a man and he said to me, are you not cooking Boards Mills today? I said, no, not today. <laughs> Isn't that marvellous? Well, listen, all we can do, can I have a taste? Away. I better have a taste here. What do you now think, you Caroline? You'll have to go to the Castle Takeaway to taste the original. I'll have You'll to have do to. that. Here we go. I have to say, that's gorgeous. <laughs> Isn't it? They're lovely, yeah, lovely. They're just a nice little snack to have, you know. Yeah, if you're not yeah, that hungry, yeah. you can just have one of them, you know, just fill it up a little bit. But the castle show wouldn't be far away from that, would it? I've never tasted Franco, sorry. Oh, really? Do you want to hear? Come on, have a taste now. Come on, have a taste, have a taste. You're the originator. Have a taste, tell me what you think. They're much the same. Yeah, much the same. Well, that is a thumbs up for Franco's in Beliver today when you hear that the board's mill is much the same as the, as original, the original in the castle in Trim. Yeah. And that's coming from Sandra Dixon, the woman who made it first in the castle. That's it. That's well, it. my God, you can get no better thumbs up than that. <laughs> Fantastic. I'm joined by the man himself, Franco, the boss and the takeaway here in Beliver. Tell me, please, about the board's mill. How long are you making it? Oh, it's 20 years since I am here. And uh, I don't know clue where I come from. Lately, a year ago, it's come to Castle Takeaway. Pasquale Intrim is a friend of mine, actually. Yes. That's all. <laughs> we live on the same town in Italy and everything, you know. The town called Sora. It's a province, Frosinone, and it's Lazio. It's nearly Rome, 70 miles from Rome. Most of the chippers in Ireland come from that area? More or less, in the red, the 50 kilometers square meter. We are the, the 90% all there. And what brought you to Ireland? Why did you come here? 1979, a friend of mine brought here. That's 43, 44 years ago. I'm nearly an Irish man now. <laughs> <laughs> of course you are. My English is still not that good. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad, I have to say. And how long are you here in Beliver? It's around 20 years. Yeah. So you yeah. moved here. Where were you before Beliver? Uh, I was a little bit around everywhere. I was in kindergarten, and then uh, another place in Casa Pollard, you know, and... Uh, my first job was in the, the Savoy Club Park. That was my first chapter there. Yeah, so you, know? you built up your experience and now this is your own place here. Yeah, it's my own place. Is business good? It's okay. It's just You're making a few euro. Yes, it used to be. Now it's not like before. Yeah. You know? It's a very after struggle now. Mm. Yeah. And do many people still call in for chips? You do delivery? Yeah, we do delivery as well, yeah. The most of the times you now it's delivery because the people, they don't want to go out anymore, you know. Yeah, they, we've got lazy, haven't we? No, it's not because lazy. No, it's more handy. If a couple of euros you bring at home, you know what I mean? Especially when, uh, you know, the families, in, you know, they have no babysitter and have to leave the children, have to bring with them, you know. That's the way it is, you know. Looking at your board's mill here, it's... Quite straightforward. Battered sausage. You split the sausage before you cook yeah. it. Yeah, you have to. Yeah. You split the sausage and then you put, you know, ketchup and you put a onions. That's all. You know? Simple. It's very simple. <laughs> is it popular? Yeah, yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, there is problem over the year. Yeah, you know, it takes a while to make it because you know you have to cook, you have to do, you know. But yeah. the end, it's okay. There's a little bit we involved. Do the service anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anyway, it's beautiful. I've tasted here. Well done to you, and I'm going to Thank taste you your lovely, much. freshly made chips here too. Franco, Thank thanks much. a million. Thanks to you. Thank you. The board's mill, the sausage with the onions and the red absolutely, sauce. Do you like it? Absolutely beautiful. What about the board's mill? If it was a woman, I'd make love to it. Oh, my God <laughs> almighty. That's some recommendation. What about the board's mill? Uh, it's pretty decent, nice, pretty mm. good, yeah. You're a young fella. You enjoy eating them? Oh, yeah. Would you eat more than one? Oh, no. One will fill me up. 
one and a bag of chips. That's right. That be it. Brilliant. Caroline, the board's mill. Come on, let's hear your verdict. I'd follow Tommy. If it was a man, I'd let him. <laughs> oh, my God almighty. This is an X-rated show coming from Franco's in, in Beliver this afternoon, for sure. My God, you can't get up better recommendation than that Claire McLaughlin has just come into Franco's here she's had a bite of the of the board's mill and a chip or two with it as well what do you make of the board's mill oh it's absolutely beautiful now it really is lovely yeah yeah, yeah it's something different in anyway, it isn't it it is yes, yeah. it's a different type of taste it adds a lot to the battered sausage doesn't it, does, it? Does, even it the does. simple onions and sauce uh, correct yeah yeah Fantastic. it's all in the imagination isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and it's all in the taste too i have to well, tell you i mean it's the imagination to get the taste yes that's the problem. you have to have that you have to have that is right so it's all good here in Franco's in Beliver. I've made the trip. I've tasted the board's mill. I see it on the menu here, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Mystery solved, and well done to the Castle Takeaway. We've got to mention them back in Trim, where it all originated, and thanks to everybody who joined me here this evening. Can avoid a circumstance where there's no second chance. Tell her how I feel. If tomorrow never comes, But you know how much I loved her Here did I try in every way To show her every day She's my only one If my time on earth were true She must face this world without me is enough I gave her in the past Gonna be enough to last If tomorrow never comes Thank you, Jerry. Thank you very much. Tommy, Tommy, you have the sweetest voice, may I say. You have a lovely voice. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thank you. We try our best. And you can make that thing talk as well that you're playing there, the old Joanna, huh? Fair play to you. Well done to you. Tommy Ryan, live from McLaughlin's in Beliver. MTR Roadshow. Yeah, good to get that plug in there. Exactly. You are fantastic. Fantastic. Wow, what a Brucey bonus coming to Beliver. Well, Caroline Burke, I started, so I'll have to finish with you. What an evening you've set up for me here. You've invited people along. Yes. You brought Tommy with the music. You set up the boards mill as well. And I know you're one of our most valued LMFM listeners. Morning till night, Jerry. Yes, I know uh, that. Yeah. And my husband came down one morning, before me, when I before me, and for whatever reason he changed the station. And I came down and didn't pass that. Next minute I said, That's not LMFM. No, he said, I changed it. Was like, Don't you dare do that again. And that's the truth. And it never happened. No, it never happened again. Never happened again with Caroline. He's terrified of me. <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing. You are originally from Dublin, but how long are you living in Mead? 41 years. Oh, my God. Yeah. You are a Mead woman. Yeah, oh, definitely. True oh, and true. Out, out and out, through and through. Oh, would you give an old cheer for the dubs on the side? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. Mead to the core. Mead to the core. Thanks for the God. I'll be with them to think and ten. Yeah, yeah. 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 So oh, you're God. fantastic. Do with this. Yeah. No, thank you very much for coming, Jerry. We Not enjoyed it. We enjoyed and the evening. Thank you very much. I have thoroughly enjoyed it. It's been a real pleasure. I won't leave it as long again till I'm back Please, in Beliver. Well, you're always welcome, Jerry. Ah, yeah. thank you. God bless you. Okay, thanks, thanks Jerry. 
Ah, oh, my oh my. What lovely people, I have to say, Louise. The salt of the earth. And mm, Caroline. Sounded great crack. Ah, it was just fantastic. We're in the McLaughlin's there next door. It's the pub beside the ship and it was all set up and you could hear the people that were there singing in the background and everything. Delighted to see us and made so welcome, I have to say. What a welcome uh, we got! I got there and I really do appreciate it and thanks to everybody who I met but especially uh, the woman who set it up, Caroline Burke. She's just a tremendous woman. <laughs> she's secretary of the local club there, uh, of course, and well known in GA circles. If she's ever arrested, we know why. <laughs> The husband changed the radio dial. (laughs) He'll not change it again. And that (laughs) is for sure. Tommy was lovely. What a sweet voice has uh, uh, Tom Ryan there. He really has. And everybody else who, uh, you know, joined us for the bit of fun round. Well, there you have it. The boards mill. And you were saying to me, how did you eat it? Yeah, did the onion not fall out? No, no, there's no bap. There's no bun. It's one of those little white bags that you put chips into. Mm -hmm. And you eat it out of that. And the onions and sauce are in it. It's very tasty. Oh, Louise, it really? really is very, very tasty. I was more than surprised. It's absolutely beautiful. But you see, I have a, a final a final act to, to complete this story because I have to go to the castle in Trim. You do. <laughs> so this could be a start of a series in takeaways around the northeast for myself. Gem of an idea there for sure. I wonder, is there any any other kind of speciality that's local to an yes, area yes. around here? Yeah, anybody else would take away in your neck of the woods that they make something that we mightn't hear of, you know, outside your area or whatever, because the boards mill was new on us. If you if you have something that uh, a local chipper or takeaway makes, let us know. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. And it's on the menu there in Franco's. And thanks to Franco and his crew there. They were so generous and looked after us as well. It's just, uh, do your heart good. You know, you're in here every day, mm. working away and t- <laughs> chatting and talking. And when you go out and meet the people, the people who listen to you and the people who love listening to you, it really does give you a great old Philip. You know what I mean? It, it gives you a great lift. Especially I in so little communities it. like that. Yeah, yeah. Tighten yeah, it. Yeah, fantastic. Anyway, thanks to everybody in Belivery. You are so good to us. I really do appreciate it. I'll remember my visit there, I promise you. And now I have a new one for, for myself when I'm over me the way. A boards mill on the menu. Yes, there you go. Late lunch, LMFM radio, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text if you want to get in touch with us. And I, before I go to the break, I do want to say a big thanks to Sandra Dixon, Nee Gibbons, who joined us as well because uh, she was there when the boards middle began and she was very helpful to us also. And uh, again, thank you to everybody. Short break. Afterwards, we're heading to the hill, Belliestown. Mr. Belliestown, Mr. Racing is on the line. Kevin Coleman. Afternoon, Kevin. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm grand. Did you get in out of the wind and the drop of water? Is, is she blown on the hill at the minute? Well, we were looking for it last week. I suppose we're not really looking for it today. Um, we were worried about the, the very dry spell. And um, it's, it's come good for us, to be honest with you. We, can, we don't worry too much about a little drop of rain. No. No, Kevin, and absolutely not. All I'll say to people is stick a brolly, bring a brolly with you and dress appropriately. That's all we're saying. But listen, the, the going with, with the with the rain you've had, if you think about it, just what, over a week ago with no rain for what, nearly six weeks, it would have been uh, t- uh, very firm going. What is it today, Kevin? Yeah, it was quite firm. Um, is it still, giving, yeah? Well, no, no, we're giving it good on the easy side of good, as they say, which yielding a good to yielding in places that just means it's a little bit of give in the ground yeah so and that's what's true most horses i mean a lot of people want top of the ground where they a horse likes a, a firm footing and some people don't like it as firm so mm. unfortunately 
you know, you, you can't accommodate yeah. everybody. But so we do is we water to get the to get it safe, mm. and then Mother Nature basically takes over, and we have no control over that. Yes. Yes, uh, but look, as you, uh, yeah, uh, uh, as you said there, you can't be everything to everybody. That's the, the nature of the game. Um, you're all evening meetings. Is, is that now going to be the future trend with Bellystown? Yeah, well, we've been evening meetings all the time now mm. for a good few years. Yeah. Um, I mean, it suits, it suits our, our, our clients and people attending as much as anything else. Although even the, the last race can't be any later, I think, than 8.30 anymore. Right. Because a lot of lads, uh, stable staff, are travelling from down the country. So, yeah. you know, we try to accommodate them by having a relatively, uh, you know, early evening start, if you yeah. know what I mean, yeah. rather than a late evening start. So, you know, we're very conscious of everybody travelling and, um, you know, they, they'd, be up, they'd be up at six o'clock tomorrow morning, mm. irrespective of what time they get home. Or so, you know, it's, it's a tough job. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you're balancing that as well with the first race, as you said, and finishing up at a reasonable hour too. You've been doing a bit of work. I've been watching the social media feeds. Tell our listeners what you've been up to. Oh, yeah, we have an absolutely beautiful um, new walkway, a rubber walkway in the parade ring uh, and railed off down to the stable yard. So it's really, really going to... Um, anybody who hasn't hasn't seen it on social media is going to be really, really surprised that little Bellyuson could do all this. But, but I mean, there's, there's no end to stuff you could do. It's just, obviously, we restricted money-wise. Everything is quite expensive. But we're doing our best to be as good as everyone else. And I, I think we're, we're, um, we're acknowledged for that. And, and, you know, everybody's very grateful for the work that we do. Yeah, and it is a highlight on the calendar in this neck of the woods, socially and every other way, because you have so much going on there for all of the family. You know, it's a it's a it's a great occasion. The three days of Bellystown. No, it's it's it, and it's an idyllic location. I mean, if on a mm. summer's day, there's nowhere nicer to be. And if the sun happens to be shining, and you're back to winter, and you're having a pint, looking over the Irish Sea and the mountains of Moher, and sure, it's it's absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Beautiful spot. No, it is. It is. It is to be holding. Sure, we've been up with you there on a number of occasions over the years with our outside broadcast and the show as well. And you are uh, so kind to us. I know that as well. Anytime we've been up there. So the news and, is, and, and you're welcome back at any time. Ah, thanks, Kevin. I will take you up on that for sure down the road. Anyway, look. Good luck with the with the three evenings. Just the message to everybody: Bellystown is on. It's all there, bigger and better than ever. And are you taking cash at the gate? Oh, of course we are. Great. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of people will will book online. Yes. Things that's fine, no problem. But we will be taking cash at the gate, of course. Yeah, great stuff. Anyway, it's good to know. But for your tickets this evening and for the rest of the week, uh, the uh, next two days, bellysternraces.ie. Check it out. All the information is there and you can book your tickets. Good luck as always. And thank you very much, Kevin, for joining me on a very busy day for you. I appreciate it. Thank you, Jerry. Take care. Bye bye. That's Kevin Coleman there uh, joining me from the hill in Bellystown where they race this evening, tomorrow evening, and again on Saturday. And it is a spectacle to behold. Coming up after two on the show, Anya Murray is joining me. I just love her book called The Pain in My Chest. But taking us up to top of the hour, let's have a sunburst in Bellystown from Picture House. There's a sunburst. Whenever you're near me, there's a sun burst.
we love our books on late lunch. Don't have to remind you, do I? And I particularly love the book we're going to talk about next. It's called The Pain in My Chest and it's illustrated by Brona Lee and written by Anya Murray, who's with me in studio this afternoon. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I adore this book. Thank you. I really think you have something brilliant here and you've done something brilliant. Just explain to our listeners, you are a teacher. I am a teacher. So yeah. what ages are you teaching? I, well, just this year, I'm a primary school teacher. Okay. So the, the past year I was in the special class with autism. So I was with Lovely. six kids with autism. And I've taught anywhere from senior infants up to, to fourth class. So just a range of yes. all, all kids, really. Yeah. So you're well familiar with children. Absolutely. And, you know, you meet them every day in their different guises and how they're feeling. Mm-hmm. This book is called The Pain in My Chest for a very special reason. Explain. So the book is about a little girl who has all these different worries and you see in the book um, that she wants to do all these things but she can't because she's stopped by all these big thoughts like, you know, for example, she wants to get a balloon and she thinks, what if it pops or what if it hurts my hand or what if I lose my mum and all these all these what ifs take over and she she doesn't take the balloon and she starts to feel this pain in her chest. And we're learning that in the book, first we're learning what worries might look like for a little child and, and a, a kid reading this book might say, oh, you know, that's me too. I have worries like this, but also that a worry can be quite physical. So this girl feels it as a pain in her chest. But of course, we know you might have a pain in your stomach or a pain in your head. Mm. Um, so it, it is a very physical thing um, that it can manifest as. And then it goes through the book um looking at different examples of, of how this yes. happens and every time she doesn't get to do what she wants to do um, until, of course, she sits down with her mum. And then when we, when she does sit down with her mum, um, it's... She, well, first of all, we learned that the mum didn't even know she yes. she was worried. And mm. I think that's a huge thing for kids to know that, like, your, your parents aren't mind readers. Like, you know, your mum might not know that you're worried. Um... And and once she does talk to her, she kind of, firstly, mum gives her the the language for for her worries. She calls it anxiety. And I'm a big believer of, like, if you can name it, you can tame it. So having that emotional literacy, having that language um, for your emotions gives you power. The mum also shares that, you know, this is something we all have. I have it too and and you can see that like it's it's quite a normal thing. I always say to the kids in school that we're not supposed to be happy all the time. You know, mm. we're not robots. Mm. We're supposed to be worried sometimes. But if you're finding that your worries are stopping you from doing what you want to do, then we need to figure out a way to deal with it and we we learn in the book that talking about it is that first step. So if you can have someone you trust, um someone you can go to to talk to about it, um then we can figure out what to do and how to tackle it. That is the key message to emerge from this lovely book. Absolutely. Talk. Don't keep it to yourself. And as you say, Anya, if it's in your chest or in your stomach or whatever, you're feeling a little anxious at that. And you're right. We are all anxious. We cannot be up there all of the time. You can't avoid it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We have, I think, I think people really see mental health still as this really negative thing and it's like Mm. she suffers with mental health but in fact mental health is all our thoughts our emotions our feelings it's the good and it's the bad and we're supposed to to have 
to experience them all. Mm. Um, it's just when you're stuck in the negative, negative, then you need to kind of figure it yes. out. To, to and I, and I want to say this at this juncture in our conversation. People often say to me, you're always happy in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Even though we deal with a range of difficult topics here and it's, uh, it's a real magazine as the show is, yeah, you know. Yeah. But, I, you know, I would say to people, listen, I'm not like this all the time. You can't be. No, you can't. And you, know, you don't know. It, it comes out differently in, yes. in, in, with different people. And you'd see that in school as well. Like different children are going to show that they're anxious in different ways. Like mm. the in the book, the girl is very, she becomes very insular and she seems very introverted and shy. And you do see that in school, you know, kids quite often slip through the cracks that way because you don't even they kind of make themselves small you don't even see them anymore and then you could have another child who um you know is is shows very challenging behavior and and you know might seem you know bold even though i never say no child is bold for bold sake they're always trying to convey a message Mm. so it comes out in, in very different ways you might get a child who's just flat out refusing to do something and you know they're not just doing it for the sake of it like there's something going on there yeah. so yeah mm. it's different for everyone I love the scenarios you create in the book and and they're really powerful may I say that to yeah, you yeah thank you, you thank you've you. done you've done really well well I want to do something now I want you to have a, a listen to a review of you well first of all I want you to listen first to somebody reading a little extract from the book and my eldest granddaughter Ava she's eight years of age yeah. she's had this book and uh she wanted to read a little excerpt from it. So let's let's hear Miss Ava Flynn reading from The Pain in My Chest. Because when we talk and when we share, our friends can support us, they can learn how to care. And the more you talk, saying loud and far, that the pain in your chest is not who you are. More people will learn, more people will care. Maybe others will realise, maybe others will share. Share their panic and sadness and upset and distress and together we'll slowly cure the pain in your chest. There she is. That's Miss Ava Flynn. Beautiful. Oh, gorgeous little reader. (laughs) She is. And, you know, those final words there, you know, that together we can sort the pain in our chest. Absolutely. That's a a big, big message. In school, you mentioned, and you've dealt, you told us, with children of various ages Mm -hmm. over the years uh, as a teacher. Do you spot this in children? Can you spot it? Anxiety? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And like, like I say, it's difficult because it comes out differently for everyone. Um, But it's you're bound to see it in schools. I think it is, you know, you're coming into school and you're doing so many different things. Mm. I mean, you're doing your, obviously your English, Irish, maths, and that's going to be hard for some people anyway. So like if you're a child who's you know, not good at maths and you think that 28 other children can do it and you can't, you're going to be worried. But even if you're a genius at your academics, you know, you're also learning, say, like social learning and, and how to play. And, and um, you know, some children might not be great at their emotional regulation and they mm. might not know how to deal with their emotions or, you know, obviously we're doing art and drama, so you might not feel like you're that creative or like I was never a very physically, um, I wasn't always very athletic. So like PE would have been yes. a worry for me. And I always say to the children, like, y- you can't be good at everything. Mm. Like if you are, you know, you're ve- it's rare. Mm. So you're coming into school, there's going to be something that 
you know, worries you that mm. you're not good mm. at. Mm. So like it, it's absolutely normal, but it is, it's a difficult, it can be a difficult environment for everyone. So I think it's so important as a teacher to be aware of that and just keep an eye out for that all the time. Um, because like you're taught as a teacher, you know, to, to teach the curriculum and to teach um, for the, not for the exam, but to get to the exam or yes. whatever. But realistically, your the emotions have to come first because if they're not happy they're not going to learn mm. um and it's not easy because like i say it's 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 different for everyone and every child's going to have a different trigger and thing they're worried about but um i suppose the main thing i like to do is just make sure everyone feels like they're in a space that is safe that you know i'm someone who's not going to judge them for telling me anything in particular um that that I feel like I know them and I spend time getting to know them that you know doing things that they enjoy that they're feeling comfortable to talk to me I can't go around to every child and see if they're worried every single day I know but I can be someone who that they feel comfortable with to tell me if if they're ready to tell me and that's the same at home like you can't force your child to to talk about something they're not, not ready to talk about but you can be a person that is there for when they are ready and and is someone they can trust and that um, can support them and be non-judgmental and, yes. and things. I think ready. you've got to get that across to your child, isn't it? From from yeah. from the youngest age to Absolutely. explain to them, talk, come to me. Yeah, you come know, to me. Let's yeah. have a two-way ready. conversation when you're ready. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. I'm here, you know, to listen, yeah. to be with and you. And that's what I love about picture books as well. It's a great, like, um, yeah. starting point. If you don't know where to, to start and you feel like something's going on, um, using a picture book to... to, to, to introduce it it's brilliant and what I love about what the illustrator did for for my book as well she was she was brilliant the um she she uses like this furry monster as a kind of a personification of of worry and it really especially even for the youngest of children who might not get grasp the concept yet um they still see the monster and they see the monster associated with the worry and that you know the monster can get really big when you're really worried mm. and that the monster is with everyone. You can kind of spot the monster throughout the book whenever all these worries pop up. And it's it's not just her, it's with the mum and it's with her friend. And then at the end, you can see the monster packing its bags and walking away. So it's really like things like picture books are so relatable to kids and it's it's a good introduction to that. Well, I think it's just time now to have this book reviewed, not by me, but let's go back to Miss Ava Flynn and hear what she has to say right. to you, the author, Anya Murray, about the pain in my chest. Here we go. It's a lovely book because it teaches people sometimes you can have a pain in your chest when you want something and you feel a bit worried that you can't leave someone or something like that. But it's just anxiety. It's a great book to teach people about anxiety. It's for everybody and that's what I really love about it. It taught me that sometimes I have a pain in my chest but it's just anxiety and I can get on with it. And that's why I love this book. I also love the illustrations because if you're smaller and younger, sometimes books have smaller pictures and it's hard for younger ones to see and understand. But this one has big colourful pictures that everyone can understand. I would like to give this book five stars. Well... Well, high praise. Wow, thank you so a much. A full Ava. five stars oh, for the pain in my chest. I love that. And you I know. love that she feels so like empowered by it to deal. I love that 
children can feel that they can deal with it themselves as well. You know, you're learning for yourself how to deal with it. You're not just relying on someone else as well. You know, I, mm. I love that. It's beautiful. And, and this book, I'm saying it to listeners today, The Pain in My Chest. If you get this and read it with your child, let them read it, you know, if they want to go off and read it themselves. But if you read it with them mm. and you'll understand that the scenarios in this, you know, opens up many possibilities and many conversations as well. And I think that is the brilliance in this book. And, you know, anxiety is a thing, as we were saying there, that everybody feels. And it starts young as well. That's Absolutely. the thing about it. It starts from a very, very young age. Yeah. Um Brilliant, may I say. Brilliant. What did your, your in, in the school, where do you teach, by the way? Uh, Ashford and Educate Together. Oh, good woman. Yeah. And w- w- what was the general feeling? I'm sure it was one of oh, high praise. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm. They loved it. No, they absolutely love it. And I do it every year and I do it a few times. I did it a few times over the year because it's a nice little reminder oh, and the kids enjoy it. And for they sure. like the rhyming and the pictures. So. I'd say they love you as a teacher. Oh. I was just listening to you there because, and you know what, you have with me today prompted something. I often... I give out about teachers, you know. Yeah, I'm getting grumpy at <laughs> me old age, but anyway, uh, I have to say, you, you've you've taught me something today. That besides teaching curriculum, you know, and and uh, moving children mm-hmm. along through the years, mm-hmm. there's a lot more to this yeah, job of so yours much. because yeah. you know when you talk about this and uh, you know how you can spot it and you can bring everyone in, and that's mm-hmm. part of what you do as well. It's it's mm-hmm. it's simply wonderful. I love this book. I give this book five stars as well. Thank you so much. It's called The Pain in My Chest by Anya Murray and well done to Brona Lee yes. with the brilliant illustrations and O'Brien for publishing this book for you. It's It can be picked up, can it? It's in, ge- yeah, in general Yeah, any, any local bookstore, Easton as well and you can just ask um, your local bookstore and yes. you can get in. Would you like the book? I have one here to give away to somebody listening today. Would you like a copy of it? All I want you to do is text the word or WhatsApp Anxiety. The word anxiety, WhatsApp or text it to me with your name and details and I'd be delighted to send it out to one of you today. This book is well worth getting, I promise you folks. Anya, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me today Thank on the show. Thank you so, so much. Thanks, Jerry. Tom Baxter and your late lunch this Thursday afternoon. I adore that song. And we are late lunch listeners. Yes, you make it better for us being with us every afternoon on the show. And I want to make it a little better, perhaps, for some of you out there. You know our LMFM radio bingo jackpot is €5,800. That's €5,800 next week. I have three weeks play for three people. So you'll play bingo for free for three weeks. Three of you out there this afternoon. Do you want to give it a go? Here's the question for the uh, bingo play for three weeks this afternoon. Danny LaRue is the nickname for which bingo number? Danny LaRue is the nickname for which bingo number? 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. And we'll pick three winners before the end of the show. Now, Louise, we've got another suggestion. You brought it up earlier on. Were there other takeaway treats, you know, peculiar to a particular takeaway or an area? We're back to the castle yeah. takeaway. And what's that one they have there? Curry wrap. A curry wrap. Hmm. I've never heard of a curry wrap, have you? No. Oh, I have to go to the castle. There's no doubt. They're, they're enticing me now. I have two reasons to go to the castle and trim. I am going. I am going. I promise you to, to see them there. That is for sure. I, I really... Do you want to hear another one, actually? You love this one. Go on. McDonald's have started a kind of a wedding package. 
for if you're having a small wedding of less than 200 people? They will cater, including like 100 boxes of chicken nuggets. Big Mac. Yeah, anything you want. For doing weddings now, they're catering for what weddings. What date is it? Is it the 1st of April or the 7th or the 6th of July? What, what is, <laughs> 6th of July is on the 1st yeah, of April. seriously. So there you go, Jerry. You just have to get married again. <laughs> Great excuse for you and your, your McDonald's. I was talking to uh, Eddie when I met him last week and Celia when we went up to Les Tapas de Lola's and I was just saying we were walking across to the restaurant and I saw the McDonald's on O'Connell Street mm-hmm. and uh, oh no in Grafton Street and Eddie said to me I think that was the first McDonald's in Ireland in Grafton Street and I said I remember being up in the city here and just looking forward to going to McDonald's in Grafton Street yeah right? a big treat yeah it was a big yeah. treat but here's an even better one when we had Jared and Sarah Small Mm. When McDonald's came to Ireland, I think that was the first one there. Then they opened in Fibsborough. Okay. We would drive from Drogheda to Fibsborough. You wouldn't. Yeah. Regularly for a McDonald's to bring the two of them up. Yeah. To get a McDonald's. Was it to make them sleep in the back of the car? (laughs) Might (laughs) be in a bit. Now now that I think back, could be. No, seriously. We loved it. You see, you see this big child here. Mm. This big child here loved it as much as the little ones. We used to drive to Fibsborough for no other reason than to eat it. Go into the restaurant there, park at the shopping centre across the way, cross the road, go in there, sit and enjoy a slap-up McDonald's meal. You have a problem. <laughs> Houston, we got a problem. Did you get any of those? Do you remember we, we talked a few months ago about the adult little packages that we were going to bring out, the adult toys in McDonald's? No. You know the way they do a, a toy for kids? Yes. And they were going to do one for big kids. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen them yet? No, 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 oh, no, no. Maybe, I, maybe it's not in Ireland. Actually, then, I'm putting it in my head now. I haven't been to Big Mac in a while. Uh, you just put the goo on me, perhaps today. <laughs> now that you've introduced it, a wedding at McDonald's. Wedding at McDonald's. I presume it's takeaway. You know that they can, you can take it with you to wherever the venue is. Oh, it'd certainly be a happy meal, wouldn't it? Mm. Yes, a wedding. Of course it would indeed. Want a lot of smack ketchup? <laughs> you would. <laughs> Sweet curry sauce with the nuggets. You can't beat it. That's my general order. Two large fries. <laughs> uh, Just for you. <laughs> a, a quarter pounder with cheese and uh, six or nine nuggets. That's my order. That's for and you alone. Just for me. Sweet curry sauce. Yeah. That's mine. That's what I love. I think the castle and trim had better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to be going to them things to help you lose weight, Ratton. Just listen to me. The same for 15 years. Never up or down on the weight scale. That's going to change soon. <laughs> Never. <laughs> I feel a book coming on. Late lunch, LMFM Radio. Up next, I'm in the garden eating organic vegetables with Nikki Kyle. Yes, it's early July and I'm back in the Knoll once again with Nikki Kyle in her wonderful garden. And last time we spoke, she had come up with this most innovative way of gardening because she's a little bit restricted at the moment. And I can tell you, as I come back today, look at the way everything here has developed. You're a genius. <laughs> no, it's amazing. No, nature's a genius. I mean, look at it. Isn't it wonderful? Everything's so happy to be growing at this time of year and it, it just looks so lovely. We've had loads of things to eat off here already you know since middle of March we've been picking salads now we've got courgettes we've got chard we've got kale I mean just peas everything 
You know, Everything and, under and the in sun. A very, in a small space that you could fit on, on a path down to your front gate or, or on a balcony, literally. Uh, any piece of this or the whole thing could fit onto a balcony. Mm, all growing in pots and grow bags as well. I have to ask you this, since last time I was here, we've had such a dry spell of weather. Yeah. Now we sit here as we've just had a shower a <laughs> few moments ago. Showers, We're dodging showers today, we are. But the little bit of moisture is welcome. How did you fare out with the dry spell? Well, it wasn't too bad, actually. I didn't have to water too much here, you know. It gets sun for half the day. Mm. But actually, they do absorb, you know, the the organic peat-free compost is brilliant because it absorbs a lot of water. It doesn't get saturated. It's also well-drained. It holds a lot of air as well. It's the best compost of any sort I have ever used. And over 45 years, nearly, gardening, I've used every kind of compost. And it's the best I've ever used. It's brilliant, as you know, Jerry, because you use it as well. I wouldn't use anything else. White's Agri have it and it yeah. comes from the Cork area of the country and as Nikki says for potting or for seed growing I have seen nothing like it either it's marvellous it's absolutely brilliant and it, it, um, you know I mean I've got stuff growing in here and I probably I, I will refresh it now I'm taking out the lettuce that's been growing since March I'm going to refresh that with a little bit of worm compost uh, a little bit of magnesium uh, dolomite lime um, just to bring up the magnesium levels and the pH level a little bit uh, and I'm going to replant with lettuce and various other things so yeah I mean, you can see the huge range of stuff we've got here. You have. Now, let's talk for listeners at this time of the year. It is the first week of July. What should we be putting in now and sowing to give us a succession of uh, food for the coming months and into autumn and winter? Sow more salads charts now because you you know you can sow all of these things in modules and they'll come on don't sow them in the ground because the slugs will have a field day you're much better off doing it in pots and modules and all of this stuff was grown in pots and modules and then planted out into the grow bags Uh, and even though this is a brilliant way of growing stuff because these are actually raised now i didn't say this the last time these are on two sort of old sun lounges basically Uh, i've got four bags of compost rather turned into homemade grow bags uh, a couple of boxes in between them with a little bit more depth of soil but you could easily do this and I have done this on scaffolding planks or on a couple of concrete blocks or anything like that and raising them means the slugs can't get at them which is brilliant so salad crops yep. things like that I mean everything uh, early peas uh, you have to remember now that the light is going to start decreasing and, and it'll decrease dramatically by the end of this month you sort of sow early crops in reverse where you would sow them early in spring and they'll come on quickly now you sow them so them now and they'll come on quickly at first but they'll gradually decline a little bit if you sow something like Kelvedon wonder peas now for instance or by the end of July they take 12 to 14 weeks uh, and so you'll be eating those in the autumn and they'll be really welcome in the autumn and you, and you know vegetables are so expensive a lot of the shops still have no vegetables in them because the weather is so difficult in Europe now and most of them are getting their organic stuff in from Spain we don't buy anything else but organic if we buy anything at all but luckily we're not buying anything so early carrots early naan to that would they yeah, still go yeah, for you absolutely and any of the early things and even now you could if you don't have tomatoes or you want some more you could sow some mascotka tomato uh, or you could sow restina cucumber uh, which Lidl had I don't know if they still have it but any of the gherkin type cucumbers grow fairly quickly mm. um, there's another one called foothills grape which uh, Fruit Hill Farm have which is the quickest I've actually grown three to compare them this year restina was fastest then foothills grape 
grape, then one called hocus. Uh, but they're all delicious, and they're actually faster growing than big cucumbers. Mm. Um, they'll crop much more quickly. And, you know, you don't organise it. They just go all over the place and, you know, let them do their thing, and they'll produce masses. Cabbage as well. Early cabbage, if you get them in now, yep. you'll get maturity yeah, from them. A- absolutely. Cabbage, uh, or sort of later on again, at the end of this month, we can go uh, grow overwintering cabbage, that mm. sort of thing. Um, I mean, broccoli, you know, calories you can grow now. Really everything, mm. you know. Um, don't grow the sort of overwintering mustards and brassicas like that until, don't sow those until the end of July, beginning of August, because if we get a hot spell, they'll, they'll run up to seed first, they'll, they'll bolt. And green magic broccoli, of course, is oh, your favourite. It, it is. It's my favourite. There's lots of other good varieties now. I think it's quite an older variety now. Uh, but there's lots more um, good varieties now. Um, and another one that you can grow is broccoli rabe, uh, which is actually a sort of a cross between a mustard and a broccoli. But it's delicious. It tastes slightly... The Italians love it. It tastes slightly garlicky, like a slightly garlicky broccoli. It makes a small broccoli head, but it also makes masses of leaves. Uh, and they, they actually cut the whole thing off and fold it through pasta and it makes the most wonderful thing climbing beans my cobra i have a oh, great yeah. crop at the moment i have some new plants in i could still get a few more seeds oh, in yeah you could actually you could sow cobra that's very quick uh, and again i've done i've done a, in pots I, I did a few um experiments this year uh with sort of the the smaller beans you know the ones they say are always much quicker they're not quicker cobra is the mm. fastest it really is and another thing if you've got runner beans growing now now keep this in mind for later on you can, if you dig up the roots before they get frosted, you can keep those over winter exactly like dahlia tubers. You can plant them again in um, spring, in about April or so. Keep them in a sort of dryish compost over the winter or, or plant them in a tub of dry compost, but don't water them. Just leave them alone. Forget them. Uh, until they start coming up in April. I have a terrific crop of runner beans coming on mine now, and I've saved those roots for four or five years now. Uh, and they're really great be- uh, beans to grow. You know, anything like that, perennial crops are really worth growing. Some of these perennial kales uh, and cabbages mm. are worth looking at. Another thing I wanted to show you, Jerry, here, um, on my little trolley thing I have here. Here, I'll bring it over to you. Yeah. You stay there, don't you move, and I'll, I'll move <laughs> it across to you here on the wheels. Yes, yeah, here you, we go. Yes, what do you want to show you, me here? Do you see those uh, lovely sort of scallions I've got growing there? Yes. I don't pull those. I cut the tops because the tops are much more nutritious uh, and they're lovely this time of year you know courgette fritters things like that chop, chop off two or three of the leaves chop them up or into salads or into anything wonderful onion flavor and all you have to do to have them forever is buy a bunch of scallions in the supermarket uh, put them in a little thing of water for a couple of days look at this and the roots on them are <laughs> absolutely amazing they'll grow lovely roots and they'll be so thrilled when you plant them out in compost well, they actually multiply because most scallions these days are grown from a Japanese uh, type bunching onion mm. uh, and they actually just multiply you know they get bigger and bigger and wider and, and send up new shoots and you can just keep chopping the tops off <laughs> The woman is full of hints and tips on everything gardening-wise. Now, look, as we sit here in early July, Christmas potatoes, are they on your mind? Uh, slightly. I mean, one thing we've got to be careful of is potato blight right now because it, apparently it's going to turn a bit warmer again next week and after this wet spell, you know, the, the conditions probably be ripe for blight. We've been fairly lucky so far. Um, so keep an eye out for that and the minute you see a spot of blight which is sort of brown blotches on top of the foliage uh, and look underneath, you'll see white ring around uh, of mould around the blotch. 
take the tops of the potatoes off immediately. Don't think about it. Don't leave it. Just cover the bed then because what happens is that the potatoes actually get rotted by the blight spores washing through the soil onto the tubers. And you'll save the, the, the potatoes perfectly well like that and they'll keep for months. And discard the tops Oh, gosh, yes. Yeah, absolutely. Put them in Compost the... them? No. No, 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 no. You know, normal people's compost heaps don't get warm enough, don't get hot enough for that. They need to be really hot. So I would put them in the, in the recycling bin. Loads of hints and tips there for everybody to keep everybody busy for the coming month. But as I look around what you've grown here, you have potatoes ready to crop here beside you, beautiful herbs, peas hanging with pods, your lettuce, all types of manners of lettuce. Is that a celery in there? That's pink celery. It's a new celery. I've just copped that. I adore celery and I love to have celery in my lunchtime salad every day Uh, or even just as a snack. I mean, I'm just a a celery nut Uh, and it's a new pink one um, I'm I'm trying from Unwins. And also um, I've got my little, uh, my McGregor's favourite beetroot in there, which I, I... trim the leaves off those for salad as well because they're full of, of a phytochemical called betaine which is extremely good for you very heart healthy then along from that uh, I've got the merlot lettuce which it looks as if it's running up to seed and it is I'm going to allow uh, a couple of them to go to seed and collect seed from them if it stays dry enough but they're still actually quite sweet those lettuce mm. we've had loads of courgettes as oh you I see, see them there is that the yellow one Atina yeah Atina it's absolutely brilliant it's, it's beautiful the, it's the best tasting yellow courgette next to that I've got some red mustards coming on uh, with red spring uh, onions in in that grow bag and the chard we've had several pickings off that already loads of it and we're going to have more of that tonight then we've got a a german palm kale a very old palm kale uh, which is semi-perennial and grows to about eight feet high from Klaus Leitenberger. That is delicious, growing really well. Jerusalem artichokes, parsley, loads of herbs, lavender, uh, violas, which you can eat in in, uh, salads, rosemary, um, nasturtiums. I mean, you know. You have everything under the sun here. a whole meal. Yes. No, you are the healthiest family in North County Dublin by a mile and all organic as well. And don't look over your shoulder. I don't want you to twist your neck. But a little fellow with a red breast has just hopped down on the oh steps here beside God. us. Robin Redbreast. He must know we're on the radio today. <laughs> well, do you know what? He's probably looking for food because he knows I carry Robin food in my pocket all the time. Do you want some food? I posted a lovely video on Twitter yesterday or the day before. Here you are. Here's some food. Uh, I feed them on organic layers pellets and they're... <laughs> No, not not surprisingly, they're doing very well on them. Just Can after reappearing, yeah. yes, he, knows he, where the food he, is. he was he was gone for a moment there, and here he's hopping down just to where you put the food. My God, you have your own <laughs> pet, Robin. Well, he's not the pet one; he's the son of the pet one. Oh, right. My pet one, Pa Robin, as I call him, chased him off. He was the son. He was trying to compete with him this year, and he kept getting onto the weeping ash there and trying to chase his father off. And his father gave him what for one day, and he's been hanging around <laughs> my my door ever since. Like, oh, save me you know i ain't surprised they're hanging around here because they're looked (laughs) after like kings anyway the message today from the knoll is lots to do loads to sow the year is young still and nikki with her new garden here may i call it at the front of her house out in the open it's just thriving nikkikylegardening.com great to see you again and look forward to seeing you again soon Oh, you're very welcome, Cherry, and happy gardening, everybody. I love when you get a message like this, Louise. Maggie's been on to say, Our Jerry, the memories. We drove from County Kildare to that McDonald's in Fibsborough too, and the excitement. It was, Louise. It was really exciting. We both have a problem. (laughs) We're not on our own. 
Myself and Maggie are not on our own. There's no way we're on our own. There's more people felt like that as well. I'm telling you. I'm honestly, I know you're laughing at me. It, it sounds ludicrous today. Mm. But when McDonald's was new into the It'd country. It'd be like going to the, that Dunkin' or the Donut Krispy Kreme. When when Krispy Kreme mm. opened in Blanchester and all the queues for it, yeah. it was a similar thing. But did I ever tell you the story of the day myself and Miriam and the kids were in, um, in McDonald's in, on O'Connell Street? Right. Which had... I think three floors on it. It's probably mm-hmm. still there. Three floors. Anyway, you ordered down low, but you had to keep going up to see could you get a seat. Yeah, you know, yeah it was, it was always that popular. Packed. It was always packed. So we were going up the stairs anyway, and uh, we got a table at last. I, I think it was the second or maybe the top floor. Anyway, I had all the food. Miriam had the drinks on a tray. No, it was on the second floor, but there was a third floor above, right? Mm. We are on the second floor, got a table. She had the drinks, and I mean, they... Were large drinks for four of us, maybe for some other children as well. And I just saw her in slow motion no. missing the table with the tray of drinks. <sighs> A coke fest oh. all running down the place. <laughs> and I just kept walking up to the third floor. You did not. I just kept walking <laughs> and went up to the third floor. And oh, you're horrible. Like the Pied Piper, the children followed me. We had somebody else who was there. There was six drinks <laughs> the on the children table. children went as and well. <laughs> I, we just left her with the, the flood. The coke flood. The and we went to the third floor and we sat down and started eating. <laughs> I can still see her coming upstairs. I'm not going That's to continue awful. the story. I'm just going to leave it out. <laughs> and... Uh, I said, what the else did you expect us to do? Sure, I was I was laden down with food. I needed a table. We left <laughs> her to swim in the sea of coke. And anyway, probably so embarrassed on top oh, of everything. She, well, I wasn't going to be embarrassed. I kept moving. <laughs> I'm not with her. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> that's a little ditty from McDonald's. Another McDonald's story from the Kelly household. Anyway, we survived all that. And in fairness, do you know what happened? Mcdonald's gave us all the drinks. And one of the oh, girls arrived nice. up. If I was every, Miriam, I would have drank every, them all by yeah. myself. <laughs> Everything was replaced. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the McDonald's <laughs> stories continue on your late lunch and on. We are heading towards Stop of the Hour at three now on the show. After three, we're going to meet a lovely lady, Laura Fox, an artist from County Mead. We have our top five countdown, but we're heading to three o'clock. Oh, yes. We're on the Starship, we yes. Yes, we built this city. Not on Coke, anyway. Coca-Cola, I mean. Five, four, three, two, one. Counting down the top five songs from this week of yesteryear. And today it's... The number two from this week in 1987, the year of our Lord. And I have to say, this is probably the quirkiest song I ever played in the top five countdown. It's a song by British novelty band The Firm and it parodies the first TV series of Star Trek. Yes, Trekkies. It's Star Trek parody. It went into the UK charts, not very high actually, at number 74 and it, it took a few weeks but it eventually, would you believe it, it's two today on our countdown, but it did make it to the number one top spot when you think of the songs that never made it there, but this one did. And in the UK alone, at the time, it sold almost a half a million copies. Yes, it's our number two from this week in 1987 in our top five countdown. I apologise in advance. Here we go.
I have to say that's probably the worst song I've ever played on Late Lunch, to be honest with you. Do you remember it, Louise? I don't think it was the worst, in fairness. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, it's, it was huge. I loved it as a kid, but now I'm thinking, listening to it, it's kind of... The only part I loved was, it's live, Jim, but not as we know it, not as we know it, not as we know it. It's live, Jim, but not as we know it. I like that line in it. I certainly do. That's about the only thing I like about it. I think it's a crazy song. Crazy. Imagine that got number one mm. for two weeks. There's no but I think I, I think it was all the kids at that time, you know, with their pocket money going to buy the record. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd say so. There's no accounting for taste for sure when you think of songs that have made the top spot. But there you go. Anyway, that's the two. Far better number one tomorrow. It's a classic number mm-hmm. one. It's a great number one. It really, really is when we'll complete the top five countdown on your late lunch. So you remember, they are. Yeah. And you thought it was good at one stage. But at today, stage, yeah. but today you nah. couldn't. Oh, my God. Nah. I don't no. even think my kids would either. Yeah. You know, love it or shove it. It'd be a shove it for sure. That's on that song. Well, you listen book. to it first. It's smile and then you shove it. Oh yeah, yeah, you just got too much there at the end. We should have just went (laughs) and pulled it off. Anyway, there you go. Paul McKenna who's coming next with the drive here on LMFM Radio just popped his head in to say I absolutely love that song, Jerry, The Firm and Star Trek. And I loved it at the time as well. Thanks, Paul. Anyway, it just shows you people have different tastes and think different things of songs. And that's what life and the world and music is about. Now, my final guest on the show today has recently graduated from TU Dublin and She's done something unique because at the end of the uh, course there and the studies, uh, there's a thing called a grad show. And she had 17 pieces of her work in the grad show and they all sold. Unheard of before. She's also among a long list for the RDS Visual Arts Awards. She'll know more about that in September. Laura Fox, welcome to Late Lunch. Hi, how are you? I'm really good. Well, congratulations on all of that. You're certainly making your mark. But listen, you didn't lick it from the ground. Dad Liam teaches art in that boy. He does, yeah. He's an artist himself. Yeah, so you, it, it, it flows in the veins. Did you pick it up from him? Was it was it him that, you know, sort of encouraged you? Definitely, yeah. Um, growing up, I was always watching him do his thing and I suppose I picked it up. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Good on you. And tell our listeners, what medium do you work in in, in, the, in in terms of your art? So, currently the work is oil painting on board. Mm. Um, and the work explores pre-existing works from Irish Cubist painters, Mamie Jallet and Evie Hone, and the French artist Albert Glaze. Um, and through that then, I tried to find my own. So I was picking up on the structures have been their work and I was improvising around it to make something new. Good on you. So those were the subjects as well of uh, those pieces that you showed at the grad show that were picked up. You must have been thrilled. like, And I did say, yeah. it, it is unheard of. You completely yeah. sold out. Yeah, it was unbelievable. The amount of support, I was overwhelmed by it. So it was just brilliant. I couldn't get over it. Mm. Now, how do you, I'm always curious to find out, what are you at now? Like, right, you finish your studies and you're moving along in this world. What are you working on, you know, at the minute? Have you a project in particular in mind or how do you operate? So, um, at the moment, I'm just currently producing more work of the same vein as what was showed in my degree show. Yeah. Um, and I've got a few works to do for different people. And going forward, I just want to put my work out there and try and exhibit more around Ireland 
Um, and yeah, fingers crossed for the RDS show coming up. Mm, good on you. I hope you get yeah. through there because there'll be a short list and, and then on from there it goes. You mentioned those uh, uh, artists uh, of yesteryear, you know, back in the 1900s and that. What yeah. inspires you? You know, they obviously inspire you, number one. What, what, where else do you draw your inspiration from for your work? Well, I suppose um, I, I like looking back on works that were done beforehand because you gain inspiration um, from looking at work that was produced. That, that was 100 years ago. So you're mm. looking at work that was made then and you're kind of analysing the differences in art practice then and now. And I suppose there's a long history there with painting. So it's quite difficult for young artists to produce new work in the realm of painting. So um, because it references history anyway. Mm. Um, So I suppose I just decided to take that and analyse those works kind of as a nod to how um, painting can be used in a contemporary sense. Um, And yeah, just the works themselves are very colourful and use a lot of shape. Um, and I'm quite interested in the abstraction within that. Yes, excellent. In, in terms of your day, how do you structure your day? Or is there a structure to it? Or is this type of thing, you know, when you mentioned artists, you think of, you know, uh, there's, there's not a lot structured. But are you a structured person? Do you work sort of a working day? Do you work weekends? How do you operate? Um, well, I have a, a space at home to do work. Yeah. Um, so I basically just get in the the swing of it and I tend to work on multiple works at the one time so I'll start with uh, kind of work on three at a time and move between them mm. um, and that way you know you're kind of working in a body of work instead of just focusing on one at a time yes and would you would you put in like I'm just trying to think you know they say a working day is what seven eight hours do you do you have that in your mind or would you work less some days longer others into the night early morning? Uh, yeah, sometimes I get uh, you know creative bursts of energy like in the evening and I'll just do a, a few hours all at once and then you kind of take the time to reflect on the work then and come back to it at another stage when you actually feel like you can really put your all into it. I suppose it comes in, you know, you, you do a bit of research and then you come back to it um, and it all just kind of occurs over a period of time and you start to see the results that you put in. Um, yeah, and it's good to have the work up around you as well, to have a space to work in and fully see the thing come together. Do you have to be up for it? Like anything, you know, when you go in in the morning to any job, well, you, ha- you have work to do and you have to yeah. get on. Is that is that a thing, you know, being, being you know, creative up for the work? Yeah, oh, definitely. You have to be very dedicated to it and actually, you know, put the time aside and treat it as if it's a job um, and make it your, you know, your your goal to actually produce a number of works and to have them there to be able to show people um and yeah, it doesn't come about easily, so you have to put a lot of hard work in. Yeah, I'm sure it's uh, it, it really does take application, time, energy, everything that you can mention uh, yeah. to produce what you. Pre- I've been looking at your works; they're absolutely beautiful. They really are. You, you're you're a real talent. I, I say that to you. And uh, oh. uh, the future, you're only a young girl heading out on on this path, but it, it looks really, really promising. I have to say the um the the whole thing of you know um, art and artists and you know it's subjective, isn't it? Isn't that the thing about it as well? You know. It, it doesn't appeal to everybody and that's the way it is that is art isn't it 
Yeah, it is. You kind of have to put your yeah. put your own stamp on things. And yes. Do it as you want, and then people can take that, and they either find you interested or they don't. But you mm. just kind of have to stay true to yourself. Yeah, that that is that is the way to to move on for sure. Well, look at look at the start you've made, and this is uh, fantastic to think what you've achieved so far. So, um, taking time out as well. I, I I want you to come back to that for a second. Do you take days off? You do, but I suppose yeah. when you're actually working as an artist, you know, there's no kind of yeah any any of your spare time. It's it's in the back of your head, I suppose, because it's something that's kind of a passion and. A job, it's it's always there in the back of your head. You know, mm. anything that I'm searching on uh, social media, it, everything just flows in. Yes. You constantly see your interests in front of you. So mm. um, it's kind of something that you don't, I suppose, I don't think about it in that sense. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's you're always switched on. I hear what you're saying, young woman. You're always, you know, you're always, I know, and it's hard to divorce yourself from it and leave it. But of yeah. course, the downtime is good too. Listen, great to catch up with you today. Wish you well with all that's coming ahead this year. And if people want to check out your work, where's the easiest place to see it? So the easiest place would be my Instagram if yeah. you want to keep up. Yeah, Laura Fox Art. Laura Fox Art is where you see it on Instagram. Have a look. It is really brilliant. Be talking to you in the future, I'm sure, as your success continues. Thank you for joining me today, Laura. Thanks very much, Jerry. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Laura Fox there, lovely lady, and what a talented young woman she is. That's it on Late Lunch this afternoon. Paul McKenna is on his way with The Drive. Late Lunch for the final show of the week, tomorrow from 1.30. Don't miss it. We'll see you then. The Late Lunch, brought to you by Blackstone Motors, Drogheda, Dundalk and Cavan.